Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It's Cal Walters. I hope you are doing well today. If this is your first time joining the podcast, thank you for tuning in. I hope that this will be impactful and meaningful for you. If you're one of the hundreds of people that tune in each week, thank you for coming back. I hope that you'll continue to be impacted in a positive way by this podcast. On this show, I try to focus on one of two things in each episode. It's either going to be one, intentional living, which intentional living is really, and we talked about this on the last episode of the podcast, is all about self-leadership. It's about leading our own life, making sure we are the best version of ourselves and being intentional about the way we live our life. So I encourage you, if you don't know a lot about intentional living, go back to the last episode, episode 10, and listen to what I think are two key foundational principles of living an intentional life. Number one, developing a life mission statement. And then number two, having an intentional plan for personal growth. In fact, I talked to a friend this week who shared with me his life mission. And it was incredible. It encouraged me. And he was so excited and so fired up about living an intentional life. I'm excited to watch how that intentional living, how that life mission statement is able to give him clarity as he lives out his life. And then number two, we talk about leadership of others. And I think these two topics are completely related. Intentional living, self-leadership, because we lead out of who we are. We impact others based on who we are from the inside out. So Every episode of this podcast is going to be short. It's going to be compact. I'm going to prepare with all my heart to make sure that I deliver you something that I hope can go out and help your day, really make a difference in your life and help you go and impact people in a special way that only you can. Now, today I want to share with you three key principles to have a healthy self-identity, to have a healthy belief about yourself. Now, I want to start by sharing a story about a guy by the name of Edwin C. Barnes. Edward Barnes had a burning desire to become the business associate of the great Thomas Edison, the great inventor. Now, Barnes didn't just want to work for Edison. He wanted to work with Edison. He envisioned himself partnering with Edison to go out and create some of the greatest inventions the world would have ever seen and to impact the world. And he truly, at the bottom of his heart, believed that he could go out and do that. Now, there were just two main problems with Mr. Barnes. Number one, well, he didn't know Edison. He had never met Thomas Edison. And two, he didn't even have enough money to get on the train, to pay for the train, to go to Orange, New Jersey, where Edison was located. Now, most people with those two obstacles in mind would have completely given up. It would have been an insurmountable obstacle to them going out and accomplishing this. But Mr. Barnes had this powerful belief, and the mind is a powerful thing. So Barnes found a way, and he ended up riding on what's called a blind baggage train, the freight train, out to East Orange. And he arrived at Thomas Edison's laboratory and announced to the whole world and to Thomas Edison that he was going into business with the great inventor. Now, looking back years later, Mr. Edison said this about Mr. Barnes. He said, he stood there before me looking like an ordinary tramp, but there was something in the expression of his face which conveyed the impression that he was determined to get what he had come after. I had learned from years of experience with men that when a man really desires a thing so deeply that he is willing to stake his entire future on a single turn of the wheel in order to get it, he's sure to win. So I gave him the opportunity he asked for because I saw 
He had made up his mind to stand by until he succeeded. Subsequent events proved that no mistake was made. What a powerful story about self-belief. Now, I want to ask you two important questions today. and I want you to think hard about the answers to these questions because the answers to these questions determine our destination. Number one, who do you say that you are? Who do you believe that you are? Now, this is a question really about your current state and your current belief and identity and who you are truly. And you can think about this question from a lot of different angles. You can think about the many roles that you probably have in your life, the many hats that you wear. Maybe you're a parent, you're a father, a mother. Who are you as a father? Who are you as a mother? Maybe you're a spouse. Who are you as a spouse? Maybe you're an employee. Who are you as a, a professional or as a leader of a team or an organization or as a person of faith? Who are you? Or you can think about this in, in the different areas of your life, in terms of your faith, in terms of your finances, in terms of your fitness, in terms of your position in your community. Who do you say that you are? Who do you believe that you are? And then the second question is probably even more important. Who do you say and who do you believe that you can become? This is about your potential. This is about where you think your horizon is of your life. Because I believe it 100%. If we don't believe that we can be something or that we can accomplish something, the odds of us ever accomplishing that are diminished. And most of us, and I'm not giving anyone a hard time, I experienced this in my own life. Most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, have limiting beliefs that we deal with on a regular basis. And that's why I want to focus on this topic today because I want to offer you three key principles that I think help us have a healthy self-belief about ourselves and a healthy belief about where we can go. In fact, just the other day, so my daughter's five years old. She's this pistol. She's strong-willed. I claim that she gets that from her mom, and I think she does. And the other day, we were exploring all the, the new playground, all the different play areas, and she wanted to play on the monkey bars. And she's strong, and she's capable, and she's brave, but she, she looked up at these monkey bars and she was scared and she started to say, I, I can't do it, daddy. I can't do it. And I was sitting there and I was looking at her and I was looking at how far the monkey bars were from where she was. And she absolutely could do it. I knew she could do it. But she started to get frustrated. And she was saying, daddy, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so she started to move on to something else. And that happens in our own life. So often we have the ability to do things, but we have these limiting self-beliefs and so we don't believe we can do it. And so it makes it so much less likely that we're going to actually be able to do it. It was, so, it was so difficult for me as a father who wants her to believe in herself so much because I know she can do it. I know she's absolutely capable of doing that. But it's that limiting belief. I can't force her to believe in herself and therefore go out and accomplish that. In fact, I, one of the cool things about this podcast is I feel like I've been having a lot more intentional and meaningful conversations with people that listen to this podcast about their life, about their ambitions, about what they want to go achieve, about the way they view themselves. And one of the things I notice that always strikes me is that I'm talking to these incredibly capable, able, talented, ambitious people who have these awesome plans and desires, but then I hear them say things like, I, I can't do that. I, no one would ever listen to me. And it always amazes me because I am looking at them and I know them and I know how talented that they are. I know how able and capable they are, but it's I can't force their mind to see something that they can't see. And I'm sure this happens in my own life. 
And that's the importance of this topic today. In fact, I hadn't even planned to talk about it, but I've just, I'm seeing this so much as I engage with people that I felt like this was an important topic to cover today. Because truly everything in life first begins in our mind. If we don't believe it, it will never happen. Proverbs says, and the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Stephen Covey frames this. He says, all things are created twice. First, there's this mental creation in our own mind. And then, and only then, is there this physical manifestation of what we already have in our mind. And in life, our self-image and our self-belief creates really a ceiling for our ability to achieve. As German Chancellor Konrad Adenauer said, we all live under the same sky, but we all don't have the same horizon. I mean, really imagine, so an unhealthy and inaccurate belief or identity is like driving a golf cart. A golf cart that was made to go 40, 50 miles an hour, but you're driving that golf cart with a governor set on it at 10, 15 miles an hour. And that's what happens in our life. We were created to go 40, 50 miles an hour, but we're driving around on a golf cart that only goes 10 to 15 miles an hour. And what happens in life is if we have this limiting mindset and we adopt it for long enough, just like that golf cart, we start to believe that that's the farthest and the fastest we can go. So the question is, I guess, really, how do we, how did we even get here? How do we form our self-belief? How do we form our self-identity? Well, I think it happens in a number of ways. I think one, we kind of grow up observing the world around us. We observe our family, the people in our community, and what we see other people accomplishing and other people modeling in many ways sets in our mind kind of the horizon and the governor of our life. We see, okay, that person accomplished this, that person lived their life in this way, in their faith, their fitnesses, their their finances, their, their education. And so in, a, in many ways, that impacts the way we view our own life and our own ability to accomplish. Or we also are impacted, of course, by our own experiences, our successes and our failures. But we have to keep in mind that most of us, you know, science has kind of flushed this out, that most of us have kind of a negative bias. We tend to very quickly be able to recall our failures, but it takes a lot of work unless we're intentional about it to recall our successes. So when we think back on our experiences in terms of the way that shapes our self-image, often we are more aware of our failures. So that kind of has this negative bias. So I think that creates this kind of limiting mindset in our own life. So number one, it's what we observe in terms of how we're impacted. Number two, our own experiences. And then I think the third way is the words that we tell ourselves, the things that we tell ourselves about ourselves. And oftentimes these are unhealthy things. We tell ourselves, you know, I don't have what it takes. I'm a failure. I can't do great things. I'm not enough. I don't belong here. I'm not loved. You know, I'm a screw up. I'm a mess. You know, we do these things. We say these things to ourselves, which in in turn impacts our self-image of ourselves. And then, of course, there's also the words that other people tell us. You know, depending on the, the type of parents you had, maybe you grew up like I did with incredible parents who were telling you wonderful things. And that, I mean, that really has set me up for success. I grew up with parents who told me I was special, who told me they were proud of me, who told me that I could go out and accomplish incredible things. And I internalized that. I mean, they say that the parents' external dialogue around their children becomes that child's inner monologue. But maybe you didn't have that experience. Maybe you grew up with parents who either didn't tell you things like that, or maybe they told you even things that were more harmful that now is is internal to you and is part of that inner monologue that if you're an adult, you had that as a child and now you've kind of grown up with that internal to you. 
So we just have to be aware of how our self-belief and self-image is created. And then if you're a person of faith like me, that should be foundational to your image of yourself. And I know that it's easier to say and it's maybe harder to believe, but if you're a follower of Jesus like me, then you know you were created in God's image. You know that Jesus not just came to this world to live, but he suffered because he loved us. He was willing to go through that scrutiny and that pain because he loves us. So that certainly, if you're a person of faith, ought to be part of how you view yourself and your self-identity. But we know it's a lot easier to hear that than it is to internalize that and believe that. This is where we're at. So all these things, our observations, our experiences, our failures, our successes, what we tell ourselves, what other people tell us, our faith, all this stuff goes into forming our identity. So we are where we are. And and I think it's important to know and, and examine and think about what am I thinking about myself? What am I allowing to really creep into who I am? So that we can then, one, figure out where we're at and maybe figure out where we can do better. So what I want to do right now is I want to offer you three key principles to helping you have a, a really a healthy self-identity. And I'll tell you, if you're a person of faith, and I'm not going to cover this right now, but if you're a person of faith, that is fundamental to our own healthy identity. You have to have a clear picture of who God says you are. So I think that's number one. I'm not going to cover that in these three principles, but that is foundational if you're a person of faith to knowing and having an accurate view of who you are. I believe that every one of us were created in God's image. We're born and and created with incredible gifts and talents and abilities and experiences to go out and do something unique. Okay. So number, number one, in terms of a principle for a healthy self identity, and that is, it's very simple. It's not anything that's going to blow your mind, but it's an absolute principle that we have to live by. And that is to be careful about the words that you tell yourself. Be careful about the thoughts and beliefs that you tell yourself on a daily basis. And I want to put these into two kind of primary buckets. There's kind of the smaller day-to-day thoughts that we all have. I'll give you some examples that I have. You know, I, I am often the guy who I'm running late. So I'm telling myself, gosh, Cal, you're always late. You're always running late. You're a mess. Or my car's a mess. So I'm like, oh, gosh, Cal, why can't you clean out your car? Why can't you be more organized? Why can't, why, you're, you're just such a mess. Or I'll be going into work and I, you know, maybe I didn't do, you know, as much preparation for that day of work. So I mean, gosh, Cal, you're always unprepared. You're always unprepared. You're, you're just a mess. And so those are those kind of like day-to-day thoughts as I'm going through my day that I that if I'm not careful, that is the monologue that I'm telling myself. Whatever those are for you, you probably can think of things that you tell yourself on a daily basis. And the problem, what tends to happen with us, is that oftentimes we associate what we do with who we are. And that's the thing we have to separate. That's what shame is all about. Shame is about, I am what I do. No, you are an incredibly beautiful, special person just because. It has nothing to do with what you do. Me running late doesn't mean I'm a mess. Me running late just means maybe I didn't prepare as much as I should, but I'm still a special, incredible, powerful person who can go out and do incredible things. So we have to separate oftentimes the mistakes we make. We can learn from those from who we tell ourselves that we are. And so we have to be careful about those thoughts. So we have to kind of take those thoughts captive, take those lies captive, and we have to tell ourselves things that are more positive. And then there's kind of the bigger life thoughts. So that's the bucket number one is kind of those smaller day-to-day life. And then bucket number two are these bigger life thoughts that we think about ourselves. If, for example, right now, my precious, incredible, wonderful, talented wife 
and I asked her if I could share some of this, is going through a season of just kind of limiting self-belief. I think she, as incredibly talented as she is, I mean, and, and, I, and I mean this in all sincerity, she is probably the best leader I know. She's incredibly smart, talented, articulate, you know, just there's nothing she can't go out and accomplish. But I can just see in her, and I think part of it's we, we just recently went through a move and there's just a lot of transition going on. And it's just it's just a kind of a rough season for her. But despite as, as incredible she as she is and all the potential she has, she's just going through this this period where I don't think she can see it. And as much as I see it, I can't force her to see it. And this happens in our own life. We tell ourselves things. Maybe you're someone who's, you know, a little bit later in your life. And maybe you tell yourself, oh, I'm just too old. That is the negative self-belief that you can have. Or you can tell yourself, man, I'm not too old. I am in the best position of my life to go out and impact people because I've got more experiences than I've ever had in my life. And I've probably at this later stage in my life have more clarity about what really matters to me than I've ever had in my life. So as opposed, instead of saying I'm too old, you shift that in your mind and you say, you know what? Absolutely not. I'm going to be intentional about the way I finish this life as John Maxwell writes in one of his books about how he has this intentional plan about how he's going to finish his life. I mean, John Maxwell right now is 72 years old and he just released another book. I mean, this guy's written over 70 books. He's not slowing down. He just started a podcast. Think about Harlan Sanders, founded KFC at 65. John Pemberton invented Coca-Cola at 55. Ray Kroc started McDonald's at 52 years old. You are not too old. Or maybe you tell yourself in kind of the big bucket of life, well, I've just failed too many times. I've just failed too many times. There's no way I'm going to achieve success. Those failures give you lessons learned in your life. And so don't allow yourself to tell yourself these negative things. So be, be mindful of the things you tell yourself because that forms your identity. Think about Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest presidents and most impactful presidents that ever lived and ever served in that incredible position. His family was poor. He spent most of his childhood trying to take care of his family. His mother died at the age of nine. His sister, who then helped raise him after his mother died, died 10 years after that. He had to completely self-educate him. He wasn't politically connected, wasn't wealthy. His first lover died. He lost pretty much every election that he, could, that he ran in until he finally ran for president, but it was all because he believed he had this ability to go out and fulfill this incredible potential. And I'm so glad he did. If he didn't have that self-belief and that persistence, he never would have changed our country forever. So I want to ask you, what are you telling yourself on a day-to-day -day basis? What, are you, what words are you allowing to go into your mind? I want to encourage you on the small areas, take captive those thoughts and tell yourself positive things. Shift those around. Separate out the things that maybe the mistakes you make from who you are. Tell yourself the truth about who you are. You're powerful. You are incredibly able. You are special. You are unique. You are gifted and you are worth it. I promise you, you are. And by believing that you're going to go out and you're going to go out and do incredible things. Number two, principle number two is surround yourself with people that speak truth into your life. These are your cheerleaders. Andy Stanley says that your friends will determine the quality and direction of your life. The Bible says that many a companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The Bible also says in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need these kind of people in our life. These are people that truly, truly care about us. People that love us, not for what we do, 
but for who we are. And it doesn't have to be a lot of people, but quality people. These are not your detractors. These are people that literally breathe life into you. These are the type of people that when you're around them, they make you feel bigger. These are not the type of people that compete with you. These are not the type of people that when you're around them, they make you small or they feel threatened by your success. These are the type of people that are truly your cheerleaders. They want you to succeed maybe even more than you do. They want to see, they see your reality and they see your potential and they remind you of that. When you're down, they tell you you're capable. You have to surround yourself with these kind of people. These people help you step out of your comfort zone and push you. This is like, I think, how I hopefully I am to my wife. I see her kind of in this funk and I want to pull her out of that. I want to speak truth into her life. I want to remind her how incredible she is, how talented she is. That's the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. And I think it's just as important that we need to eliminate people that make us feel small and people that want to compete with us and people that are threatened by our success or threatened by our growth, people that want to pull us back to our limiting beliefs. We have to kind of limit those people in our life. I'm not saying that they can't remain in your life to a certain extent, but don't let them have a voice in your life. Don't let them speak into your life. They want to pull you down to where they are comfortable. So principle number two, surround yourself with people that are going to speak truth in your life, people that are going to make you feel big, people that are going to encourage you to go out and maximize your potential, people that love you for who you are, not necessarily what you do, and people that are not going to hold you back to their comfort level. And then principle number three is surround yourself with people that push you to a new level. These are the visionaries. This is a little different than category two or principle number two because these people, these may not be your close friends. These are the people that are already at a different level in their life in a certain area of your life that you want to take to the next level. Jim Ron said that you are the average of the people that you spend the most time with. The Bible says that he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, not all of us are visionaries. Not all of us are Steve Jobs or Martin Luther King or Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Edison. Some of us need to attach ourselves to other people who are visionaries, who can see a vision of a brighter future, of a preferred picture of tomorrow. So we have to surround ourselves with people that can help us get there. So this could be in any area of your life. Let's say you want to improve your faith. Let's say you want to take your faith to the next level. You don't want to be satisfied by being and living where you currently are with your finances or your family or your profession or your fitness. Find someone in that area, someone who's beyond you in your faith or beyond you in your finances, beyond you in your, your parenting life or professional success or fitness and attach yourself to them. This obviously requires humility and it requires a willingness to just be curious and put yourself below them and ask good questions and take good notes. But find these people, be intentional about it. It's not just going to happen. You got to reach out and you got to find these people and then ask how you can add value to them. Don't let it be all about you, but say, hey, look, I see you are in a place with your faith that I want to be. I would love to, to at least make progress towards where you're at. How can I serve you? How can I add value to you? I'd love to learn from you, but I also want to add value to life. How can I do that? Go and find people that are beyond where you're at, that are visionaries who have put themselves in a place beyond where you are. That's principle number three. Guys, I truly believe that you were created to go and do great things. I believe that you are created just as you are. You're unique. You're gifted. I believe that you can do even bigger things in your life than probably you currently see. So cultivate a healthy and positive self-image by practicing and living out these principles. 
making sure that number one, you have that positive, healthy self-talk, being mindful about the thoughts and the words that you're allowing to come into your life. That number two, you're surrounding yourself with your cheerleaders, people that are going to speak truth into your life that want the best for you, that aren't competing with you. And then principle number three, be willing to intentionally go out there and find people that are going to give you a vision that maybe you can't see right now and are going to help push you to a certain horizon in your life that you can't currently see. Don't drive the golf cart of your life at 15 miles an hour when you were created to go 40 or 50 miles an hour. Guys, I hope that today's message spoke to you. I hope you will take and internalize this. Obviously, we can't cover every piece of identity, which is huge in 20, 25 minutes. But I I hope this blessed you in a small way today. I hope you'll reflect on this and go out and apply these things to your life. If this did help you, if this blessed you, and you want to support the growth of this podcast so we can add value to more people, I want to ask you to do one of four things or all four of these things. Number one, make sure you subscribe. Apparently that helps the algorithm and iTunes and Spotify, all these different. Um, As we're growing, as we're trying to reach more people, that is one way we can do it is making sure that the number of people that subscribe compared to the number of people that listen is high. Number two, give it a rating with a one to five, you know, honest rating on iTunes or Spotify or Libsyn, wherever you check it out. Number three, if you'll just leave a short review in iTunes or wherever you listen to this, it doesn't have to be long, but just a short review of something about the podcast that spoke to you, that helps the algorithms. And then number four, just share it with people, whether by word of mouth, by text, by social media, doesn't matter. But hey, more than anything, guys, I hope that you go out and you live these principles that you are protective of your identity, you're protective of your belief, that you go out and you accomplish beyond what you believe you can accomplish because life is short and there's someone out there that only you can impact and only you can affect today, this week, this month, wherever God takes you. I believe you can make that impact and we only have so much time to do it because life is short and we got to make it count. <music>